The Pelicans played their final summer league game, and even though it was a loss, I'll tell you why they showed you exactly what you wanted to see. Plus, the Pelicans have a lot of draft picks, right? Not so fast because they're lacking an important trade asset. It's Monday's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Monday, another week's worth of shows. Programming note for all you everydayers, and if you want to support the channel, become an everydayer and listen Monday through Friday. We're going to be five days a week this week and next week, and then at the beginning of August, we're going to drop down to three days a week. But I am still planning on doing the live shows Thursday night at 7 p.m. with y'all on YouTube so we can interact, get your questions in, and... If you have questions, let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. The best thing you can do other than listening every single day is commenting down below on YouTube. So Summer League has wrapped up for the New Orleans Pelicans. They fell to the Philadelphia 76ers in their final Summer League game. And look, Summer League and the record does not matter. You want to see certain traits from guys. And even though it was a loss and the Pelicans finished summer league three and two, 117, 114 to the 76ers, I'm pretty happy with what we've seen. I've been pretty happy with what we've seen from the guys that are going to contribute next season, especially given some of the limitations. And this is probably going to be part of the show tomorrow and later in the week. I don't really think they're running much of what the offense is going to be next season. I think this was just a bunch of dudes out there kind of playing and getting some light coaching because... It shouldn't be the offense for next season. But you saw what you wanted to from certain guys. Let's start with EJ Liddell, right? A year after tearing his ACL and missing all of last season, getting extended run in Summer League, 23 points on the night. He was 7 of 10 shooting and 8 of 8 from the line. This is the type of performance that you want to see from him. Just hyper-efficient. This is a guy that has good size, the ability to fend in space out there on the perimeter and plays much bigger than he is. Six foot seven, right? And he's more of a power forward. It's like great size is maybe not the right word to use and plays bigger than that. But if he can go and draw fouls and get to the line, he's a rookie. He's going to struggle a little bit in the NBA. You know, the spacing isn't going to be as easy for him once you're playing against NBA level guys and you're not playing against players that you don't know who they are. Right. When you look at some of these summer league rosters, I tell this a lot to people. They bring in like people who are like pure summer league guys. They're like teachers and other things elsewhere. They might have played D1 a couple of years ago, but you just kind of need like a body on your summer league team. So these guys go to Vegas for two weeks, get put up in a hotel, get their meals, comp, practice and play some games, get a nice little check and then go on their way. So EJ Liddell going seven of 10 against summer league guys like Yeah, he should be doing that because he's a guy who has an NBA contract and he's going to be getting NBA minutes next year and the majority of people that he's playing against will not be. So I'm happy he can do that. It's better certainly than not, right? But if you can draw fouls, that's a different thing. You can draw fouls at the NBA level. You can put your body into people and get that contact, get the call, get the whistle, and get easy points. 
The NBA level, if he's going 7 of 10 on every night, when I will be thrilled. But it's not going to happen. He's a rookie. He's going to struggle. And that's not a bad thing, and it's not unexpected. But if he can get to the line, he can get some points, and you can build confidence that way. And this Pelicans team does want to get to the line. They want to get into the bonus early. And so I'm excited seeing that type of performance from him. You know, what, a year ago, two years ago now, whenever he was drafted, I had him 19th, 20th on my big board, and he fell to 41. I loved that pick. I was actually praying the Lakers would not take him a couple of picks before the Pelicans. So to see him go and show out and just be hyper-efficient in this summer league game, yeah. Sign me up for more of that. I'm a big EJA Liddell fan, and I'm excited for what we're going to see from him in the future. Jordan Hawkins has struggled. The Pelicans rookie, 14th overall pick. 16 points on the night. The shooting numbers weren't pretty. 6 of 14. We talk a lot about shots or points per shot attempt. Being over one's good. He did that. But 16 on 14 shot attempts isn't amazing, in my opinion. And he's largely struggled in Summer League. I don't really care about his struggles. I did basically a whole show on don't worry about Jordan Hawkins. And you shouldn't. But he had it going in this one. He's 3 of 8 from deep. I'll take that. 37.5%. If he can get close to that number, you know, you'd like it to be closer to 40%. But if he's shooting 38% from three, you know, in the beginning part of his career in the season, and he's going to get minutes because this team has not addressed their lack of three-point shooting any other way this offseason in terms of players, you'll see it more by the offensive design, and we can talk about that later in the week. But he is a guy that is going to get minutes. So if he goes 38%, I'm cool. You know, his shot has looked good. The form has looked good. He has a very, very quick release, and he takes smart shots. He's not forcing things. The ball's just not going in the hoop. You know, a little bit of time to adjust to get into the swing of things. I think he's going to be just fine. When you look at it, you know, process over results, which is often how you want, even though we judge you on results more so, this is a guy that is doing all of the right things. He's cutting. He's working off ball. He's shown you more to his game than you realize. If you remember when I did the draft video on him for the everydayers here, I said, you know, he's fine. He'll be a fine pick for the Pelicans. He's uh, the best movement shooter in this draft. I don't love him like I would other guys that you could have taken at 14. I also called him the best fit for the Pelicans on draft night, and I wasn't doing that just to be positive. It makes a ton of sense for what they need, and you see it out there on the court. Summer League is not about looking to the box score and going, oh, this guy filled it up, so we're good. It's about looking for discernible NBA-level skills that you think translate. This is more about the eye test than analytics. And I think he's passing the eye test even if the numbers aren't really there. He also had that putback, right? Who thought Jordan Hawkins was going to go and throw down a flush jam off somebody's miss? He got up. There was more pop and verticality there than I was expecting. Like that dude read when to go after that board, get it and flush it back down. That type of stuff. I love that. That's not his role. That's him having a feel for the game, which is a skill in and of itself and being able to go out and go, got it, got the timing of it, knew when to jump, everything there, saw the opportunity. I loved that play from this game. That was my favorite moment of this game, especially considering it was a loss and at times the offense looked like complete garbage. But again, it's summer league. What do you, don't read too much into this. Don't write off Jordan Hawkins just yet, right? Like Dyson Daniels, fine. We didn't need to see any more of him, even though he had an off shooting night. 
Two other guys impressed in this one, though, and that was Darion Sebron and Landers Nolly II, and I was pretty pleased with them. And I wonder if that means they have more of a future with the team than maybe we originally thought. So let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And what I love about this is how simple it is. You pick two to six players, and if they go score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. And the best part, you're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the numbers. You'll see it, and it'll say Luka Doncic, 26 and a half points. You pick more than that or less than that. Zion Williamson, more or less than 23 and a half points, or depending on who's playing, 40 points, right? Those are what you're looking at. Use your sports knowledge. You're not playing against other people who are professional gamblers where you got to outdo all of them just go more or less than the number you know what's going on with these teams and they offer projections on any sport you can watch so download the prize picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports first time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 with promo code locked on if you deposit 100 prize picks will give you 100 50 they'll give you 50 dollars. don't forget enter promo code locked on it sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast. No one else comes to you like this, covering all of the topics that you want to hear about. And we're hitting the slow part of the year. We're hitting the slow part of the year. My job, actually, I got to work for it now. We'll cover the team. We'll cover any big news here. And there's a lot of topics I've saved up that I want to look at here. But if you have show ideas, if there's questions you have, put them in the comments down below on YouTube. Might very well become a show or at least become a segment here on Locked On Pelicans. We'll do a little bit more on Summer League this week and next week too. Kind of debriefing from what we saw. I want to get the boots on the ground perspective. Guest coming up on the show sometime soon. So I'm looking forward to it. So make sure you're an everydayer so you never miss an episode. So two other players that, you know, really popped off the screen here, I thought, in this summer league game, again, in a loss, doesn't matter, was Darion Sebron, 19 points again on 6 of 11 shooting, going back to that point per shot attempt, right? 19 on 11 is great. Usually that means you're just not missing shots, you're getting to the free throw line, or you're making threes. Sebron gets to the free throw line. He has done this consistently, and I think you could argue that he's been the Pelicans' best player in Summer League after that disastrous first game. He has genuinely looked good. You know, he's a second-year guy. He averaged over 18 points in the G League, and he's playing against guys right now that are probably, you know, a lot of guys aren't going to be in the G League next year. So he should be doing this. You know, but people don't always reach those expectations, and he is. He has looked very, very sharp. He's cut down on the turnovers. He's kind of played within himself. He's not forcing passes and things like that anymore. I don't care if his assist numbers are high or not, but five in this game is pretty good. You know, you're not looking for him to get 10 assists per game. He can get four, five. Those are good numbers for what he does. Because his NBA skill, the thing he does is just relentlessly attack downhill. He is Big size, he's good size, six foot five, six seven. He's faster than most other players out there. Man, do what you do best, which is play downhill, attack, get fouled, go to the line, make your free throws. And he's doing that. You know, his two-way deal was for two years, so he is on a two-way contract still. You know, the Pelicans have an open roster spot right now, which you would imagine they want to fill. They also have a little bit of 
lack of guard depth, and they don't have a player like Darion Seabrook. Dyson Daniels doesn't attack downhill like this, even though he's done it a little bit in summer league. CJ McCollum certainly doesn't. You know, Jose Alvarado is not that type of player. I wouldn't be shocked if they give Sebron at least a chance, but you also don't want to start using up his two-way days with the team early on, and you might need to save that for an injury situation. He deserves a look at some point. If you can't do this in the NBA with a look, you know, you, you got to make a decision on him at some point, but... I've been impressed with him, and I think you could argue that he's been the best Pelicans player in Summer League so far. The other guy in this game who really looked good is Landers Nolly II, 22 points. Look, we don't need to go into 22 points on 8 of 11 shooting. They couldn't miss at times here. It's the 6 of 9 from 3. The Pelicans were third worst in terms of three-point attempts last season. They need guys who are not afraid of taking threes. That's what I've loved about Jordan Hawkins. You know, he has a bad summer league. He's not shooting well, and he keeps taking threes because he is a fearless shooter like that. He knows what he does best, and it's that, and I dig that about him. Anytime someone then goes six of nine from three, I'm paying attention because they need more players like that, and Landers Nolly the second can maybe do that. This is not a guy that I want to give NBA minutes to, but he is good size, six foot seven. Is this a guy that should be on a two-way deal? And the two-way contracts, you get three of them now this season. One of them is Darian Sebron. The other was EJ Liddell, who they signed to an NBA deal to put him on the active roster. So they have two open two-ways left. You know, we wonder, could Liam Robbins, who didn't play in summer league at all, potentially get that in training camp? Because there's a lot to like there as a defensive center, former SEC defensive player of the year, and the Pelicans have had a lot of success with that. You know, but an area that the Pelicans have had a lot of success with is with these two-way deals, going all the way back to Kenrich Williams. He was on a two-way deal, became a contributor at the NBA level, got an NBA contract. Najee Marshall was after him. Two-way guy, got a contract, has played useful minutes for New Orleans. And then the other season was Jose Alvarado. I don't have the jersey hung up yet. It's coming very, very soon. You know, that's a guy that, you know, has played a key role and is going to be a key role. And the Pelicans missed down the stretch when he was out injured. So if they can get another guy on one of these two-way deals that ends up making some sort of contribution at the NBA level, those contracts are dirt cheap. And to be to have that kind of success in a small market where you don't attract big-name free agents, where you kind of have to develop your own guys, that's a real big success story. And if they do it again, look, if I were a player that's a fringe guy that didn't get drafted and the Pelicans are offering me a two-way, I'm taking that because... They have a proven track record of getting to the NBA and earning big-time millions of dollars through that. It's only a good thing. So if Landers Nolly can go 6 of 9 from 3, I'm paying attention, and I want to put him on a two-way because shooting is obviously a premium in the you know modern NBA in 2023-2024. He looked good in this. The shot looks fluid. It looks pretty effortless for him, honestly. He picks his spots well. I want to see what he could do in the G League, and I would definitely put him on a two-way deal just to make sure you don't lose a guy like that and get him paid a little bit. Because also, they're going to have to get undrafted guys coming in the door somewhat soon. Because while we know they have a lot of first-round picks, the second-round picks are kind of lacking. And those just got to bump up in value. And I'll explain what I mean coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen. 
today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. Whether you've been with me from the beginning, I've been hosting the show for seven years. We're over 1,500 episodes, something like that. You know, or you've just a new convert and you started to love the Pelicans. I appreciate y'all being here and making me part of your day. This is fun. I do this show for you. I always say that and I truly, truly mean it. So if you want to support the channel, comment down below on YouTube and become an everydayer. If you're an everydayer, let me know in the comments down below. I love it. I had someone tell me this the other day. I was out and they saw me out, came over to say like, hey, Nola, Jake, I'm an everydayer. I love the show. Thanked him, you know, talked for a minute. And that was really cool. More like that. Let's do that. Let me know if you're an everydayer down in the comments on YouTube. So we know the Pelicans have a lot of first round picks. It's why we always kind of bring them up in trade conversations, right? Why we talked about Damian Lillard, why we've talked about, you know, at times Bradley Beal, you know, even Kevin Durant at one point last season. They have first enough first round picks from one pick from the Lakers left and then picks from the Bucks that maybe outlast Giannis. That's a big deal. So they can get deals done, trades done, big name trades like that. One thing that they haven't really been able to do yet is some of those smaller deals. And for those smaller deals, you need second round picks. And if you are a longtime listener of the show or even my work before doing the show, you know, I'm not a big believer in second round picks in terms of the players that they produce. You know, yeah, you get your Herb Joneses on occasion, you know, the only one Jokic has ever happened, right? You have Draymond Green's an example too, but those are so much the outlier and not to be what you expect. Usually a second round pick yields the equivalent of a 10-day contract player, right? Those guys you sign for 10 days and that's it in March because you're dealing with injuries. That's what a second round picks tend to be. Not very much good there. But this is also true of draft picks. They have more value till you actually draft a player. And if you look at a lot of the deals that have gotten done this past year, second round picks have basically been like the grease to get that deal done. Those are where the palms, you know, this was a bad analogy. Palms are getting greased with second round picks to facilitate these trades. Oh, and I lost that one, didn't I? Someone give me a better analogy in the comments down below on YouTube. That one really got away from me. But you saw the Pelicans use four second round picks to essentially dump Devontae Graham's contract at the trade deadline. And that really sapped them of assets. They had used a bunch in other deals as well. So when you look at their second round picks coming up, I believe they have one this coming draft. So in 2024, and then they don't have one. And they might not even have that. It's actually kind of confusing with the protections on picks and things like that. They do not have another second round pick though until 2030. Is Earth even going to exist at that point? Are we going to be here watching the NBA? You know, when you think about how far that is, it's what, seven years from now? Oh, that's weird. I'll still be hosting the show for y'all, though. They don't have a second round pick until then. You just saw the Phoenix Suns make move after move using second round picks, and then they essentially traded a first round pick, kind of, to get three more second round picks. You need those second round picks to get deals done. They, they have not historically had a ton of value, but it's actually gone up recently due to the new collective bargaining agreement for the way you can sign second round picks. It became cheaper, easier to do that, especially for teams that are over the salary cap. So for teams that are operating as an above the cap team, second round picks are really useful to you if you need another player on your roster, something like that. You know, the Miami Heat would be a good example of that right now. 
But because the Pelicans don't have that one, they're going to be operating as an above the cap team. They're pushing, they're in the luxury tax about $3 million right now. And we know they don't want that. So you need those second round picks either to sign players for your team or to dump guys that you don't want, which here we're looking at Kyra Lewis Jr. They need, if they should just ship him out with a second round pick or even get second round picks in return, which would be ideal, you duck the tax and that's that. I don't know if they could get a second round pick back for him right now, especially kind of where everyone knows that they need to dump him so they lose leverage in negotiations too. So you need those second round picks. They're useful. The Pelicans really need to consider trading a future first for a bunch of second round picks in some capacity, whether that is just a pick swap out in the future, which is essentially what Phoenix did or something else, they need to try and replenish those second round pick assets soon because that's going to hamper them from making moves they need to do. And I'd rather they trade Kyra Lewis Jr. and just dump his salary, even if it means using second round picks, instead of like not doing that or instead of having to trade a player who's better just because that player could be moved and teams want that guy and that's how you dump salary. I'd rather get rid of the players you know that don't have a future here we don't particularly want. And so... I, this is something that I think is important and I think something they, they're aware of and that they're going to be looking to do. This is not one of those things that's like, okay, this is a big deal right now, but it definitely could be a big deal in the future or prevent them from making a move that they otherwise would be able to make. There's you know potential opportunity cost here, I think, that they could be losing out on. So that's something, especially when you see what Phoenix is doing with some of those deals and what other teams are doing. You know, If you want to dump a guy, you got to include second round picks with it into another team's salary cap space. So something to keep an eye on as the season goes forward. And I wouldn't be shocked if you see some sort of like minor move and you're like, wait, what, why does this matter? And they get two second round picks back. And it's like, oh, that's actually a really big deal for the Pelicans. If that happens, yeah, I think that's something that's going to be really important for them. Let me know what you think. Do they need more second round picks? Do you want them to dump Kyra Lewis Jr.? Do you want to trade for Jonas Valanciunas, something else? Let me know what you want to see the Pelicans do the rest of the way in the offseason. we got about two and a half months till basketball now. There's going to be some basketball we will look at. Um, Jose Alvarado on Puerto Rico and Brandon Ingram on Team USA. That's later next month when they play and all of that. We'll be covering that here, of course, on Locked On Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow. We'll look at the Pelicans offense a little bit.